Hello and welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, naturopathic nutritional therapist and hormone enthusiast. If you want to learn how to rebalance your female hormones, regulate your menstrual cycle and reclaim your vitality, then you are in the right place. Each week I will be delving into different conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, infertility, hypothyroidism, acne and hair loss. Stay tuned for interviews with expert guests, Q&As and solo episodes that are all intended to help you move from hormonal chaos to hormonal harmony. If you'd like to submit a question for me to answer on the podcast, then you can email them to hormonesinharmony at gmail.com. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hi everyone, welcome back to episode number 11 and this week I'm joined by my friend Sarah Sumik who is a molecular biologist, former acne sufferer and skincare blogger. Through her platform Healthy Skin Glows, she creates online courses and shares science-backed skincare tips to help women bring their skin back to a healthy balance, to heal adult acne, reduce hyperpigmentation and to slow down the skin ageing process for a lifetime of clear, youthful and glowing skin. Me and Sarah have collaborated a few times now with blog posts and Instagram lives and I really love her work. We joke that we really work well together because I kind of tackle skin issues from the inside out but she tackles them from the outside in and the topical care is so important and even though it's not everything it can't clear skin completely if your diet's still rubbish but definitely you can see massive improvements with your skin quality and reducing acne marks and reducing the likelihood that you'll develop skin conditions through the topical care that you use. I actually learned so much from Sarah from going through her online course because I was somewhat aware of the importance of the skin microbiome and the pH of the skin but she definitely broke it down into simplistic terms and really educated me on what we should be aiming for with our skincare products and treatments. In this episode we cover the common skincare mistakes that can lead to acne breakouts and premature aging, the importance of the skin microbiome, the pH and the lipid barrier when trying to overcome acne and other skin conditions, the top skincare ingredients to add in and avoid for healthy clear looking skin, the differences between conventional products and more of these green beauty products that we have available to us. And finally, she goes through different product recommendations and walks us through a typical skincare cleansing routine for someone who's currently dealing with active acne breakouts. I think you guys are really going to love this episode because I absolutely loved recording with Sarah. She's just a wealth of knowledge and definitely an expert in her field. So hi Sarah, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on and as a skincare expert, I've got a ton of questions for you and I know that you are the right person to have on the podcast. So welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Vivian. I'm very excited to be here and talk a bit more about skincare with you. Amazing. And I know that we've kind of collaborated a few times now with blog posts and Instagram lives, but I've still got a list of questions and I know that people are dying to ask you about your favorite topical products and how to really get clear glowing skin because it is such a problem for so many women as you probably are well aware of and the skin is a reflection of what's going on inside and I believe that it's like a mirror into the inside and 
we can definitely improve things both from an internal perspective with nutrition and herbs, things like that. But the topical care is really important too. And we can see such massive results um, when we start to implement some of the changes. So I'm excited to dive into some of the questions. So I just want to start with kind of your journey with skin problems. And you're similar to me in the fact that I don't have a ton of pictures to kind of back up that I really struggled with my skin, which I wish I did take some like progress pictures along the way because at the time I just didn't want to have my photo taken at all and I just wanted to hide and kind of cover it up. But I know that you did struggle with acne and that's kind of why you're on this journey today. So do you just want to cover kind of what you went through and how you overcame these things naturally? Yes, sure. As you say, I mean, I also didn't have so many pictures of me. They are probably buried some, somewhere in the albums back at home. But I started struggling as a lot of people start, you know, when you enter kind of puberty. And then it was a really an ongoing problem for the next 10 years. So let's say from 14, 15 to about 25, when I healed my skin naturally through diet and gentle but still effective skincare. And... Throughout this period, um, looking back now, I realized how much it impacted my life and my self-esteem and how much it dictated my everyday life, you know, saying no to social gatherings and just not feeling ever as, you know, worthy or beautiful as people with clear skin. And as I like looking back now, I can realize how much this skin impacted me. And this is exactly why I started Healthy Skin Glows to share the tips that I learned along the way. So for me, I was always a pretty healthy person. And as you say, it, it's not always um, like we, we feel healthy. We feel like we're eating healthy and like living a healthy lifestyle. And then the skin doesn't really reflect this. And of course, you know, it may require some tweaking of the diet and like, you know, fixing hormonal imbalances. And for me, a problem was I was very progesterone deficient. I was anemic. So these kind of things accumulated. And when I addressed them, uh, I healed my skin internally, but still my skin was not looking good. And then I started to look in my skincare. And at a certain point, uh, it was so bad, actually. It was much worse in my adult years than in my teenage. At least that's how I remember it, because there were always like this painful cystic um, acne. But at least when I was a teenager, it wasn't like so sensitive and dry and flaky. Whereas in my adulthood, you know, over the age of 20, let's say it was really starting to be like angry at me, if you know what I mean. Um, and I started to look more in my skincare and I realized how much damage we can actually do with our skincare. Um, there are uh, so many processes our skin needs to do on a daily basis as an organ. There is a skin barrier that serves a very important purpose. Um, there is the acid mantle, that acidity of the upper layer of our skin. They know that wards of infections that uh, takes care of our natural exfoliating process. Uh, all these things need to run smoothly every day to help the skin function as an organ, but also make it clear and beautiful. And I, as a, as a researcher, so I have a, um, a master's degree in molecular biology and I've been a scientist for 10 years. And at some point I was like, okay, I am able to understand more about, you know, this uh, given my understanding of kind of biology. And I dive into 
the scientific research and dermatology articles and all this. And I started to realize actually how unfit so much of the mainstream skincare is for adult skin because the skin slowly loses its ability to repair itself as quickly as when we were teenagers. So a lot of the skincare products formulated for acne prone skin, all these benzoyl peroxide, salicylic acid creams and topicals may work to a certain extent for like younger skin. But once when we kind of are already in the adulthood, um, the skin takes a longer and longer to repair itself. And when it becomes just tired of the products, it becomes too alkaline and we throw off all these important processes that keep the skin naturally clear and glowing. So I simply shifted toward a natural and gentle soothing skincare and um, oil cleansing, which we can talk about later. And my skin started to transform. Like this was kind of a turning point because at some point I was like, okay, I'm just going to take care of my skin health, not trying to solve the acne issue. And this is when actually my skin started to clear up. So within, let's say a year, I think uh, it took when I already implemented the dietary changes, you know, prior um, it took like so, so long for my skin to really clear completely because as I said, my acne was like really deep and very cystic, especially on my like T-zone and like the chin. And people nowadays cannot believe that I ever had bad skin when I look at me. But if you look really closely, you can see my skin is like very prone to cold pores. And I would also like to add one last comment that I see also with my coaching clients, because I see a lot of them really eat healthy, eat, you know, lead a healthy lifestyle. But what I tell them is that some of us are simply genetically more prone to breakouts as well. So the DHT, you know, this powerful androgen that clogs our pores, some people simply have more sensitive receptors to DHT. So we really need to be mindful more so than the average person with clear skin who is not so sensitive, you know, to maybe processed sugar or things like this. Um, so yeah, definitely kind of skincare can, can really be accelerator of positive change when we do it right. And all of our kind of, we all have a unique skin. So I hope to give kind of general guidelines during this talk, but um, when it comes to really creating exact skincare uh, steps, I always like to take like each individual case and see what works best because our skin uh, differs so much. I hope this kind of summarized my, uh, my journey. It was, uh, it was long and bumpy, but I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's the same with nutrition, isn't it? We can't just, when we go on podcasts or maybe write blog posts, we need to be really general and kind of speak to everyone because everyone's diet is different everyone's sensitivities are different and it's the exact same with skin so I'm really glad you made that point and I can definitely vouch from what I've seen your skin is absolutely amazing and I agree that it's hard to believe that you actually struggled with your skin because it's just so beautiful again people do forget that this skin is an organ and it's the largest organ in our body and we really need to take care of it like you would maybe your heart or your liver and, and we're going to dive deep, deeper into the ingredients to avoid and maybe the harmful effects of certain products like the really harsh chemical laden products um, as we move on because I think that's a really important point too and sadly a lot of the products targeted for people with acne are the ones that are the most chemical laden and dangerous and even though you think yeah you think that you're doing a good job by using these products, but actually in some ways they could be making things worse because of the hormone disruption and 
just the toxic burden that you're putting on your body as well. I think that's just a really important point to kind of emphasize. I know that you've kind of touched on your drivers of acne, which were iron deficiency anemia and maybe some hormone imbalances. But what do you see are the most common causes of acne or skin problems? So I'm going to take this question as maybe from just from the outside, because internally you are, you know, much better expert in this than me. So just looking from the skincare point of view, uh, I would like to introduce kind of three terms that we need to be aware of when we are creating skincare routine and when we are kind of like pinpointing what's wrong, why are we not managing to clear up adult acne? So first is our dimension skin barrier, which is basically, um, you can imagine kind of like a wall on the surface of your skin, which is composed of stacked dead skin cells, which are immersed in a lipid matrix, which kind of acts like a glue for these dead skin cells. And these, this structure acts as a very, or like pretty impenetrable wall towards the outside world. So it protects our skin. It protects the living skin cells underneath. It, it, uh, prevents uh, from entry of unwanted substances, toxins, pollutants, harmful microorganisms into our body and into our bloodstream. So the skin barrier, when it's so robust and strong, is the reason why a lot of the chemicals, uh, especially a bit larger ones, cannot really penetrate through our skin and into our bloodstream, luckily. Um, so while some definitely do penetrate, the purpose of the skin barrier is to block a lot of them outside. Um, the skin barrier also serves a very important purpose where it um, slows down the evaporation of water from within our skin. And this is really, really important because this is what keeps our skin naturally moisturized. Our skin's sebum, which I will touch uh, in a second, also helps to slow down this evaporation of water. So this is why people who never use moisturizers, you know, who don't really do any skincare, have like, do we moisturize skin naturally? And it's, it's, it's something that gets damaged pretty easily with harsh products. Um, and when we disrupt the skin barrier, we raise inflammation, which is one of the initial triggers for clogged pores. Uh, we, we open doors for infection from you know, harmful bacteria because uh, on our skin we have hundreds of species of different you know, bacteria, mites, um, fungi, and they all live in harmony when everything is fine and well, and we need them to help clear skin. So they help us kind of keep our skin in a balanced state. Um, as you already are probably aware, I mean, we as a body are more of like ecosystem, not just a human being because of so many uh, bacteria um, in our guts, you know, on our skin. So a lot of the skincare products will also disrupt the skin microbiome. So harsh preservatives, which need to be present in any skincare product that contains water, because this makes it susceptible to, um, you know, just going bad due to bacterial overgrowth. They also affect the, the good bacteria on our skin. So let's say a product that can have a really nice formulation and then have strong preservatives such as parabens can, you know, even can cause breakouts basically in adult skin sometimes. So yeah, the three, the three terms would be then the skin barrier. 
the skin microbiome, which is um, this good bacteria. And finally is acid mantle, which basically just means the acidity of that upper layer or that skin barrier. Uh, of our skin and it's very important that that layer is acidic because this activates a range of enzymes that make uh, a lot of the processes that need to be ongoing on a daily basis possible. Uh, this is the synthesis of lipids which make our skin naturally moisturized and supple and youthful and glowing, uh, natural exfoliation process. So we need to shed off that skin cells of our skin, you know, every day just um, it's just it is like this when we don't they can clog up our pores and when our skin is getting alkaline so the ideal ph of our skin should be somewhere around five even below five a lot of the cleansers a lot of the harsh um uh, products are actually too alkaline for our skin so some of those products are even like up to a million times more alkaline than our skin with a pH of like 10 or 11 and this can make the skin chronically alkaline if we don't give skin enough time to re-establish the correct pH and when our skin gets alkaline is where I see a lot of the adult acne coming and the skincare is basically to blame so even though these skincare products can contain a lot of the ingredients that are supposed to help unclog the pores like salicylic acid or be anti-inflammatory like benzoyl peroxide, they are, or like, you know, having a, a cleanser that, you know, oh, you know, strips away the excess oils and the dead skin cells. Yes, that is true. But there's also the bad side. And that is that it disrupts the skin barrier and acid mantle, this correct pH that we need to have to have naturally clear and glowing skin. So when our skin gets alkaline, the pores get clogged, our skin ages faster, which is a problem that we experience as adults. You know, if we are dealing with acne, you know, sooner or later, we're also going to be concerned with anti-aging. So alkaline skin is definitely uh, a problem and why nothing seems to really be helping when we are just kind of piling more and more products that are targeted for acne that are supposed to be helpful they're not so i took an uh, as an example salicylic acid which is oil soluble exfoliating acid that can kind of unclog the clogged pores and i always say to my clients yes it can but only if you have oily skin because it is so drying so if you have dry skin it's gonna make your skin break out even more more likely because it's gonna make your skin too alkaline and it's gonna just irritate it more which is gonna then lead to breakouts so that's why I don't like these kind of generalization. You know, if you have clogged pores, you use salicylic acid or use this like this. We are so individual. And I really see that for a lot of people, uh, just gentle skincare works the best because this allows the skin to, to shine through in a way, to perform all of its processes that keep it naturally clear and glowing. And yeah, I've learned so I already knew about like the skin microbiome and the importance of that, um, just from like the nutrition side of things and gut health. But um, I learned so much from you, like these past couple of weeks with the acid mantle, the skin barrier. I definitely wasn't aware of the importance of those things. And I think I had the problem of over exfoliating. And we can definitely touch on that because I think that's a big thing that you Yes. let people know not to over exfoliate and even it's not the exfoliation from like conventional scrubs 
it can be the masks that you're using the toners Anything, um, yeah. yeah since stopping doing so much exfoliation I was a bit nervous that my skin might get a bit more oily and more breakouts but it's actually done the opposite exactly so, you see, yeah because your, your accidental skin barrier are now like whoa we are recovering <laughs> so with the skin pH, the importance of that, is there a way for us to kind of find out what pH our products are? If you like reached out to companies, do they, do they let you know what they're working with? Um, so yes, I would definitely encourage uh, everybody to reach out to companies um, and ask them about pH of these products. When it comes to, I mean, I'm not sure how often you will get answer and how often they even know. Um, I would say maybe more reputable brands probably know this and can provide you with an answer. Um, but when it comes to certain products like cleansers, sometimes the pH is indicated on the label. But I'm still wary of this because even though the pH may be correct, the product as a whole can still be harsh. So in cleansers, we have specialized detergent-like molecules called surfactants that do the cleansing job. So what makes, it, what makes this cleanser a cleanser are these surfactants. So these are the molecules that can bind both to oil and water. So in that way, they dissolve all the, you know, the oil, the grime, the makeup, and then get washed away with water. But this property also makes them um, very capable of disrupting the skin barrier and you know the, the, the acid mantle with it so so yeah this is something that can definitely also be damaging so it's 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 really about looking at the whole product so in my actually free online course i guide on how to pick the right cleanser because this is a staple of most of us you know of the skincare for most of us all of, we are using some kind of uh cleansing product and it's really important that it's super gentle because as we are kind of getting into our maybe our late 20s or 30s, it takes the skin hours and hours on end to re repair itself from a harsh cleanser. And for somebody who is cleansing like morning and evening, it might not even be enough time for the skin to just, you know, recover mm -hmm. uh, from morning to night. And in that way, our skin becomes chronically alkaline, which is something we definitely want to avoid. So yeah, over exfoliation or cleansing and like picking really gentle products is, is really the key. And again, it depends how much uh, of the exfoliation we need from person to person. But um, I always kind of encourage people to see what's that minimal amount that is giving you results. So if you're exfoliating two times per week and your skin is doing good, there is no time to do three times, right? So you always want to give your skill the most room to do its own thing and then intervene just as much as you need not more because this really i think is a recipe for having good skin for life what are your favorite types of exfoliants do you like the scrubs do you like acids do you like masks um i recommend different products to different clients so usually they are uh, there is really no rule when it comes to this, but one thing I don't like, and this is the harsh scrubs. Everything else can be kind of negotiated, and I always look into the history of someone's skincare routine, what worked for them. So if a person comes to me and tells me, chemical exfoliants worked for me in the past, I've used them daily before, and they work well, I was like, okay, we can keep them. Maybe we can pick a gentler one if your skin is kind of getting tired. Um, of them but there is no reason for me to suddenly recommend a scrub instead so we can definitely keep in that case chemical exfoliant but what i find 
beneficial in great majority of cases is to acquit with the harsh scrubs. So anything that kind of has this uneven um, shaped crystals or like um, anything that's kind of like, like being sensitive on the skin yeah. is usually just irritating it. And so for example, St. Ives apricot scrub or like homemade sugar scrubs, um, so these kinds of things are really harsh and are just going to cause micro tears in the skin and anything that's irritating is also going to raise inflammation. So, you know, local immune response is going to go up. The inflammatory cytokines are going to go up. And with some of them, when they get raised, we are also more prone to clog pores because a certain process called a hyperkeratinization process kind of increases and this means that dead skin cells inside our pores are not going to be shed off as quickly so they're kind of clogging it instead so we really want to be careful there yeah the skin types apricot scrub that's been like a classic for most people i think and it is too harsh when you kind of look at the chemicals in there as well it's not a great product i used to exfoliate a lot because of my acne and because of my um, clogged pores but it definitely wasn't benefiting me when I look back at things my skin wasn't clearing up but I was continuing to do that and that's just a sign that something wasn't working if you're having clogged pores and oily skin something's going on that you've still not resolved. Hmm. This is a really good point to make because one of the first things I say to my clients and inside my online course is to listen to your skin and be wary of things that don't work. So I think uh, most of us have this gut feeling if something is really working um, or not. And instead of just following blindly advice from our dermatologists, from our statisticians, uh, whoever person kind of advises skincare routine, we also need to listen to our skin first and foremost, because our skin is so unique. And although we know a lot, there's so much we don't know. So nobody can guarantee you this product is going to work. Like this is not possible to do because our skin, um, each person has a unique skin chemistry. So I can kind of give pe person a, a nice guideline on how to, you know, design skincare routine, but I can never guarantee you should use this product like at this frequency. I always tell them, you know, do this frequency and then see how your skin is doing. Like look for these signs and these signs and then kind of adjust as you go. So it's very, very important to kind of, stop and see if this is this really working and what i'm doing because i often also see with my clients they've been doing something for years and things are not improving but like they're still continuing to do it they're not questioning um the advice that they've been given which i in a way understand because i used to do the same thing for many years but yeah we definitely need to listen to our skin yeah i asked you the other i asked you the other week when we spoke about my oil oil that i was using on my face that i'd heard a ton about and everyone was raving about it it had five star reviews but i was getting a lot of blackheads on my forehead which i never get and you were you reminded me to even though it may be the best ingredients in the world some of those ingredients may not work for me even if it's non-toxic organic and since removing that it was that that was causing the blackheads so Thank you for. I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> and you are definitely not the first to tell me this kinds of things. Um, and it, it's actually a bit frustrating because I want to always kind of, I, I want to be seen as a blogger who promotes as natural and non-toxic as possible. Um, and then people always um, 
I see that people who interact with me assume that everything kind of non-toxic, organic, natural is automatically good for acne-prone skin. And then I have to go and disappoint them. <laughs> no, it's not. So for me, actually, I first what I do, I don't care if the product is from which brand it, it, it's coming from, you know, whether it has five-star reviews, whether it's all 100% organic or natural. The only thing I do, the first thing I do is to look at the ingredient list. Even the best products, as you said, out there with absolutely amazing ingredients that can work beautifully for one person can be very comedogenic for the another one. So uh, a lot of the natural skincare actually has so much of the comedogenic ingredients in them. And it, it really saddens me when people experience kind of bad things when switching to natural skincare. And it's only because they chose the wrong one. So they chose something that was really comedogenic for them. And then they say, okay, natural skincare is not working for me. I'm going to go back to my conventional skincare. And it, this breaks my heart because I want, I think it's very possible to find something that is good, you know, non-toxic, that's not going to impact negatively our hormonal balance um but we definitely need to be mindful because not all natural and organic is suitable for everybody and let's say even with with some of the best ingredients as you say they can still cause problems so i definitely recommend always doing a patch test first but even though you don't see anything with patch tests if you kind of observe negative reaction as in your case like blackheads or any kind of like um, more breakouts. Uh, I always recommend stopping the product and just kind of like, yeah, again, listening, listening to our skin. But yeah, this is a really good point. Not all natural and organic is going to be suitable for acne prone skin. So this is important thing to remember. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about ingredients to avoid pretty much across the board. And a particular one I want to ask you about is coconut oil, because again, mm -hmm. that's one of the natural organic um, ingredients that a lot of people are raving about to take internally to remove the makeup to use as moisturizer but for some people it really doesn't work does it so what's the problem with coconut oil and what are some other ingredients that don't work as well for skin health Hmm, okay, that's a really good question. So uh, we can start with oils because um, they are some that are can be really amazing for the skin, for people who can tolerate oils. Not everybody can, but when we can, uh, we need to choose wisely because a lot of the oils, like coconut oil, are comedogenic. So what comedogenic means is basically it causes clogged pores and a clogged pore is the first stage of acne so when the pore is clogged inside that anaerobic environment there is it's there is a perfect opportunity for the acne bacteria to multiply and grow and cause inflammation so that red acne spot so we want to avoid um, as much of the comedogenic ingredients in our skincare and makeup as possible so usually um, you can find comedogenic ratings for you know each ingredient and they are not so accurate especially not like in the real world because a lot of them are obtained by testing rabbit ears or like you know maybe a bit flawed human models so it's like it's to take with a bit of you know grain of salt but still uh, when it comes to coconut oil and some of the other comedogenic oils um uh, the coconut oil has a high amounts of a fatty acid called lauric acid which may be the reason why it's so comedogenic because for people who cannot tolerate coconut oil they can tolerate like mct oil or like this purified caprylic acid um oil 
So there are definitely components in these oils that can be that comedogenic trigger. So for some people who can tolerate coconut oil, you know, straight from the jar for oil cleansing, for moisturizing, I say, this is great. You know, it's great. It's working for you, but it might not work for the person next to you at all this person might break out in cystic acne from coconut oil. So, and this definitely includes me. Like I cannot tolerate these like more comedogenic oils, whereas my skin has totally transformed from oils high in linoleic acid, which are oils like grapeseed oil, hemp oil, um, rose hip seed oil. So these oils are much more healing and suitable for acne prone skin because the um, acne prone skin can be deficient so the sebum can be deficient in linoleic acid and then supplying extra from these oils can be super healing because it lowers inflammation it lowers this hyperkeratinization process it clogs the pores so for me i saw that over the course of several months the clogged pores and like these visible bumps on my skin started to disappear and we even have a one study that shows reduction in over like 25% after just four weeks of applying these high linoleic acid oils. So this is something definitely that can work, um, but you need to choose your oils wisely. Uh, yeah, definitely. So for other ingredients to avoid, I also list some other comedogenic ones uh, that can be comedogenic for people. Again, if they are at the top of the ingredient list, this means they make the bulk of the product. So they're more likely to cause issues. Whereas if you find a little bit of it, so it's at the end of the ingredient list, it might not cause any problem because it's so diluted like compared to other ingredients in the product. So this can be things um, like beeswax, or other kinds of waxes and butters, um, then I would definitely avoid uh, drying alcohols. And this is something present still in a lot of makeup, like lots of mainstream makeup. So even when I see people use like kind of good skincare routine, like their makeup, you know, messes everything up because it contains harsher preservatives, uh, drying alcohols. So uh, drying alcohols are usually labeled kind of like alcohol or alcohol uh, denaturated, denat, uh, as the alcohol, benzyl alcohol, uh, these kinds of things I would definitely uh, avoid. Um, what other things were, I have quite a lot of comedogenic, there are also some other um, comedogenic, I have it actually in the list mm -hmm. inside the course. There is yeah. also, I think. What about things like parabens and SLS? Those yes. types of things. When it comes to the cleansers, I definitely recommend avoiding sulfates, which are very harsh cleanser uh, surfactants. So sodium lauryl sulfate or sodium laureth sulfate, which is a bit milder, but like still pretty harsh. So the sulfates are going to really strip the skin. And they're going to strip too much of our own natural oils. They're going to disrupt the skin barrier, after which we lose water from our skin more rapidly. You know, the pH is off, um, the irritants and like all these kind of unwanted substances can enter and penetrate our skin more easily and raise inflammation. So I definitely recommend avoiding so, uh, sulfates. And they are mostly found in our cleansers. And when it comes to that, actually, uh, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but they're also found in so many other products like toothpaste mm -hmm. because they shampoo. cause the foaming. Yeah, of course, yeah. shampoo. But they cause the foaming. They are mm -hmm. the foaming agents. So if your toothpaste is foaming, also avoid because I see that people can struggle like break with breakouts around the mouth or like even periodontitis 
with these toothpaste that have sulfates because they are like they're so damaging um they are actually when it comes to natural cleansers i, I see uh, or soaps as i see with some people they think you know soap is like so natural and then i even made it myself or like there's this company that makes this with these really nice oils and i say you know this is great but soaps are still highly alkaline so this is another thing that can again as amazing as it is you know maybe for other parts of your body it may be too drying for your face and it's going to throw off the skin pH because natural soaps can have a really high pH, like nine or 10 or even 11. So this is very, very um, different from our skin ideal pH. So this is another example where kind of natural is not always um, the best for our skin. Um, other ingredients to avoid, um, I would say there is kind of a trend with all of these tools like in in skincare like the facial like brushes or yeah. even like sponge um these kinds of things and i would really be careful because it can also lead to over exfoliation so combining let's say um the brush like clarisonic brush which can you know maybe accumulate some bacteria on it um with a foaming cleanser that has sulfates every day this is going to be like definitely too harsh. Mm -hmm. um, even with Conjac Sponge, I find that um, it can often lead to like more problems than it, it brings the good. So it can definitely accumulate bacteria because it's, it remains so damp for long periods of time. It, it's hard to sanitize it and the, the fibers uh, kind of go bad uh, much quicker than the producers advertise it. Then I also kind of avoid to or like at least see if you can tolerate any of the stronger skincare ingredients especially when it comes to acne prone skin because we tend to use all these you know retinoids um, vitamin c serums uh, exfoliating acids so when they are in high concentration and like the in powerful forms of these um uh, when the substance is in, is in powerful form, they can bring good results, but with powerful, you know, good results also can come irritation. So this is something also I would be mindful of. So for some clients, just removing a strong vitamin C serum meant less breakouts. So you see how individual like this is, because this is a, a skincare product that can be so amazing for so many people, but we need to be aware that with such powerful, um, potentially, you know, powerful results, they can be irritation as well. So this is kind of goes hand in hand. Um, what other things do you maybe have a cheat sheet in front of you? No, I'll definitely link. You've got a ton of resources on your website. Yeah, there is a lot to go through. So I'll link all of that in the show notes. Um, so don't worry. I think you've covered a lot of things. Um, they're probably the big offenders when it comes to ingredients. And I think we've been kind of taught, maybe influenced by the some of the products and the companies that forming products and the squeaky clean feel is the best. And if it's not forming, then it's not working. Similarly with shampoos, that's a big myth that if you don't get that lather, then you're not cleaning everything properly, and that can lead to breakouts. But definitely not and a lot of the natural products that don't form can be some of the best cleansers like the oil cleansing so what are the, some of the other ingredients that you love uh, we've touched on a few of them like vitamin c and the the hemp seed oil are there other ingredients that you love to recommend 
Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I'm going to first comment on the squeaky clean feeling and then I can like uh, list a few ingredients that I really yeah. love for a lot of people. When it comes to the squeaky clean feeling, I see that uh, it's, it's a problem for many people because it's a kind of a mental thing. I haven't really cleansed my face unless I stripped it. Like I, <laughs> unless I had And this is especially prominent when people start oil cleansing and I try to convince them, no, it's totally okay to not feel that your skin has been stripped. Um, and I try to remind them, clean skin is not clear skin. So in our minds, we connected clean with clear, but this is not the case. We need a good balance of this good bacteria yeah, and fungi on our skin to have clear skin. When we, have, when we are obsessed with cleanliness, this actually is gonna lead to, lead to problems. So a cleanser can be really efficient and even much more helpful to resolving adult acne when it's not as stripping. So after you have cleansed, if you feel the you know, urgent need to use a moisturizer, your skin is super tight, this is a definite sign the cleanser is too harsh. Uh, aim for kind of jelly or milky cleansers, uh, cream cleansers that, um, of course, depending on your skin type, that are not so stripping. So it's okay to know, you know, feel clean but like it should never feel tight you should never not feel like this desperate need to use a moisturizer right after like if you choose to you 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 should be able to actually be without moisturizer for at least another you know half an hour or an hour and then when it comes to ingredients that i really love to recommend um it depends a bit on the skin types, but something that I find work for so many people are three ingredients. And the first one is Manuka honey, which is super, super anti-inflammatory and it can really soothe inflammation and like this redness of acne and uh, prevent new ones precisely because it reduces inflammation. So as I said, inflammation itself can, this, can be this first trigger that causes um, clogged pores and hence acne. So I see when it's when the manuka honey is well tolerated, which is most of the times, I you know people ask me how often can I use it because it works so good. I was like, if you want, you can use it every evening after you uh, remove your makeup. So if you need to cleanse, remove your makeup, you know you can do a, let's say three to four minute mask with manuka honey. So after that time, it kind of begins to melt because of the warmth of your skin. <laughs> And this can really work well because manuka is not just super anti-inflammatory, it also acts as a humectant, which means it attracts water molecules uh, to it. So it, it attracts water molecules from the air and from the deeper layers of our skin to the surface where we need them to have, you know, kind of that moisturized um, skin. So this is really, really good ingredient. Another one that I really love is um, basically uh, an ingredient that you can find in different products, or I even have like this DIY uh, spray, and that is green tea extract. So nowadays you will see them in some of the kind of like this more natural skincare brands. And it's in one of the few natural ingredients that have really shown such powerful results in scientific studies in both reducing acne and oily skin. Like already after like six to eight weeks, there were massive, massive reduction, like over 50 or 70% reduction in um, acne spots, um, reduced oiliness, uh, inflammation overall. So this is a really, really nice ingredient. And it, I think it works probably mostly as an antioxidant, but there are also some indications that it can work because it is a DHT blocker. 
which you know more about. So it can also likely penetrate the skin and actually block um, the conversion you know, of testosterone to, to DHT. So it's blocking the 5-alpha reductase. Uh, which is the enzyme doing this conversion. So doing this will um, or you know, prevent to some extent clogging of the pores. It's going to prevent the action of DHT. So we're not really sure of the mechanism, but we know it works. So this is amazing <laughs> that you know, we, okay, we at least see the results from it. So it's a really, really nice one. And then, uh, but the thing is that we, to kind of see effects, you need a bit high concentration. So it's usually not enough to kind of brew, you know, strong green tea and then spray it on your face. You would need to get uh, alcohol-free green tea extract and then add it to your toner um, or like other uh, skincare product. The best is toner, like it's, it's super easy. Uh, I, yeah, I have a recipe for this. And then the last one uh, that has so many uh, amazing benefits is niacinamide. So this, again, you can also find um, as just, you know, niacinamide serum, but it can also be present in moisturizers, in different serums. Um, and it is anti-inflammatory. It helps. And why I love it so much is uh, it helps to strengthen the skin barrier. So for people who have, you know, put their skin through so much of damaging skincare throughout the years, their skin barrier probably needs some uh, repairing. So, I mean, there are other, you know, ingredients that can help us do this, in, you know, uh, in addition to properly moisturizing our skin. But niacinamide uh, can be that extra punch that helps to strengthen the skin barrier. And, you know, strong resilient skin barrier will you know lead to healthy skin and healthy skin is that foundation for having clear skin so we cannot really have clear skin if our skin is unhealthy especially in the adult age so we always want to balance our skin care with you know allowing our skin to always be healthy and like fully repaired its skin barrier you know functioning uh, and all these things so yeah i think these three grids would be the ones with maybe i would say highest success rate so there are plenty of others that are super amazing but these three definitely can work and be a good starting point for most of people yeah and i'm all for using like food as medicine and we mm. can't forget that what we put on our skin enters our bloodstream as well so we definitely need to make sure they're free of as many toxins as possible but obviously like you say don't get too kind of concerned if there is a few chemicals in there because um, they may be effective for your skin but would you say that consuming some of these foods so manuka honey the niacinamide b3 green tea and things like linoleic acid from hemp seed would they affect the skin from the inside out Really interesting question. So manuka honey, definitely. Um, green tea, definitely. Um, uh, of vitamin B. Um, I'm not sure. I think there is some research showing um, like people who have taken it as a supplement. But I just like to rely on the natural sources of it. So definitely we, we need all the range of bivitamins to, to have optimal health and health, hence uh, healthy skin. So yeah, definitely they would kind of work then from both the outside and the inside. When it comes to the linoleic acid, uh, this is actually a question I've been, I've been getting a lot. And I'm a bit, um, or the, the answer is a bit complex. So we want to have high enough concentration of this linoleic acid locally in our skin sebum. So yes, we would need to have sources of linoleic acid, which is omega-6 in our diet to 
you know, to, ha to have enough of it. Um, but we also need to be mindful that the sources of this omega-6 is really, uh, is really good because uh, we have mentioned uh, uh, yesterday uh, during your guest uh, blog post and the Instagram live, uh, how damaging some of these sources of omega-6 can be, such as with vegetable oils and just, you know, these rancid oils. So, you know, having seeds and nuts um, can be awesome source uh, of this omega-6. So I would not even maybe recommend taking hemp oil as a supplement. Um, this oil, um, I don't think you need it if you already have like other sources of omega-6 because we get what we need pretty quickly because these foods are kind of like rich, rich in this omega-6. So we don't need to throw off the omega-3, omega-6 ratio so much. So we don't need to like um, piling, uh, pile mm -hmm. on. So I think, you know, these natural sources um, of omega-6 are definitely uh, sufficient. I don't think a person would need to take hemp oil as a supplement, like internally. It would do much more good to supply it topically because then it uh, then provides directly that extra you know, like acid to our sebum. Um, because, you know, from our gut, from our digestion, how it reaches our skin, like all this is pretty complex. So, so yeah, our skin is able to uh, break down for the most part the oils and then free up this uh, fatty acid, such as linoleic acid, so that it can work and lower inflammation. Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, very interesting question. Um, another ingredient that I really also love, um, especially for people who cannot tolerate much exfoliation but still see that they need something extra, and these are oats. Uh, they are so, so anti-inflammatory. And sometimes you will see like oat extract in different uh, skincare products. So they're super anti-inflammatory. And I love the mask uh, when I uh, kind of grind a tablespoon of oats. So basically oat flour. You mix it with hot water, leave for 10 minutes, during which time um, these anti-inflammatory substances are being activated and released. And then mix in maybe like a teaspoon of manuka honey, make a paste apply on the face on a thin face as a mask and this is one of the most loved masks that i recommend because people who actually kind of go through the trouble of making it is like wow i really love it like it's <laughs> my skin is so soft it's so calm and so soothed so yeah definitely this is one that i think everybody can really benefit from of course if you are kind of having bad reaction to manuka honey you're gonna avoid the manuka honey but oats are so so um soothing for the skin so they can be amazing for almost everybody yeah, and I still need to try that one. I've been reading about it on your website and your course and I've not yet tried it. I really, really love the raw manuka honey mask. That has been probably the best, one of the best things that I've done for my skin. I sometimes leave it on as the mask for um, a couple of hours. Um, I use it for cleansing um, when I've not worn makeup. And then I also use a spot treatment. Say I have an active um, pimple or a hyperpigmentation mark. I mix turmeric powder with manuka honey and then leave that on overnight. But I warn you to put on like a, a towel over your pillowcase because it stains yeah. the heck out of everything. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I love it. Mm. It's a really good one. Um, when you are, uh, also people ask me, how do I remove the mask with oats? Because it can, uh, it can clog up the drain. So I always recommend kind of taking the most of it with a very soft uh, washcloth. 
um, and we really need to be super soft, whatever, you know, touches the face. So you can, you know, wipe off the most of it and then you, you know, wash it off maybe in a kitchen sink mm-hmm. or something where, where you kind of have the, the filter for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it doesn't clog up the, um, the drain in your bathtub or like the, um, uh, yeah, the bathroom. So, so yeah, this, this is a really, really nice mask. I love it every time I make it. As I said, like, it's a bit of a hassle, but it's so worth it. Mm. And how long would you leave that one on for? Like 30 minutes? Or? About 15 minutes, right. yeah. Yeah, and then you would, would you kind of exfoliate? Is it kind of an exfoliant as well? Yes, yes. It's very, very gentle exfoliating. And when I was healing my skin, I would use just oat flour. Like I would just like take a teaspoon of this oat flour and like massage it on damp skin to yeah. gently exfoliate. And this can this is so gentle that it can even sub as a cleanser. All right. It's like so gentle exfoliating. So it, it definitely it's gonna exfoliate a bit, especially after you last it on for 15 minutes. Um, because it kind of like really softens up the skin. And when you are as you're washing it off, which you can do with also other types of masks like clay mask, you can kind of go with gentle mm. circular motions to exfoliate to kind of get the most out of this mask. Mm. And would you avoid another cleanser after doing that, Uh, another exfoliant after doing that, or would would the alt mask count as one of your exfoliations for the week? Uh, Excellent question. So I would, again, I would have to look into your uh, skincare routine. If your skin is not used to a lot of exfoliating, then yes, I would count this as an, as an exfoliating step for somebody who's used uh, to much more exfoliating, um, it's probably too gentle for them to really count as an exfoliation. I think for you, it, it could count as an exfoliation. Yeah. So for you, let's say if you are doing uh, once a week this mask and then another time, let's say a gentle clay mask, I would say this would be probably okay. enough. So like, you know, let's say on Monday, Thursdays, you do this kind of gentle exploration. I would say this would be enough, I think, in, in your case. Of course, you would have to kind of see with your skin, but like this is kind of general. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I'll give that a go and I'll let you know how I get on with that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've got so many questions for you. <laughs> There's a lot of people in my audience and people who reach out with really active breakouts and whether that's hormonal acne or acne from poor gut health or whatever would you kind of just run through a typical um daily routine in terms of skin cleansing for someone with oily active acne at the moment maybe cystic acne and kind of just a general obviously it can't be very specific but just a general what would they do in the morning and what would they do in the evening in terms of cleansing okay so again i would first kind of scan through their routine and make sure they have eliminated everything that's damaging, everything that's kind of worsening the acne. This is super important because adding more stuff before you have gotten rid of the things that are damaging the skin is not going to be as helpful. So if you were still using a hard scrub and you introduce manuka honey, you would say, oh, this manuka honey is not working, mm. right? Yeah. So this is really, really important uh, to do. And then I would be really gentle and soothing with the skincare. So I would definitely give Manuka honey a go and use it a cleanser as a cleanser in the morning. And then in the evening, if the person is wearing makeup, obviously you need uh, some way to remove makeup. Um, this can be a gentle micellar water. Um, if you are not 
still, you know, ready to dive into oil cleansing. Uh, this can be gentle micellar water. And then I would follow up with either kind of rose toner or another gentle toner or a Manuka honey mask again. So it can definitely be used twice a day. It's no problem. Um, however, Manuka honey will not really effectively remove makeup. So I would not rely on it as a makeup remover but as a gentle cleanser, definitely. Alternatively, you can use uh, the oats. So you can either, you know, uh, grind them in like a coffee grinder or coffee, you know, food processor or buy oat flour and you simply massage a teaspoon of it on uh, damp or like wet skin. And then it, it kind of creates this mushy paste that helps to gently cleanse the skin. Again, you're not gonna feel as you have cleansed your skin if you're used to foaming cleansers, but trust me, your skin is, is, is all good. So it takes a bit of getting used to. And then for something really, really soothing, especially when it comes to oily skin. So if you find that a lot of moisturizers break you out, I would pause the moisturizers because oily skin has enough of its own natural oils that act as occlusives. Occlusives are molecules whose job is to prevent or like slow down evaporation of water from our skin. So after applying, you know, some kind of watery serums or toners, we would ideally want to apply something with occlusives to, to lock that moisture into our skin. But for people with oily skin, their skin's natural oils are actually amazing occlusives. So for them, applying, let's say, fresh aloe vera gel can be super soothing because aloe vera gel is so, has such a great regenerative properties and so anti-inflammatory, it can really, really work wonders. However, I have to say that I don't recommend anymore buying uh, packaged aloe vera gel because it has to contain strong preservatives because it is so water rich. So what I do recommend is getting a plant, uh, mine is over there, <laughs> uh, organically gro grown preferably, and you simply cut the leaf and you, by just squeezing it, you can squeeze out the gel and apply it directly onto your face. And you can keep the leaf um, in, in the fridge for like, you know, two, three weeks, um, even more like it, it stays okay. So the, the gel should be definitely uh, always clear. For me, it definitely works. I, I have even kept like one, maybe I think a month it was big and like it did not go bad or anything. So definitely keep in the fridge. You can squeeze and then apply. Um, it might feel like the skin is kind of a bit tight um, after this, but after half an hour, probably your skin's natural oils are going to kick in and then your skin is going to feel kind of properly moisturized. So this I would try to do for somebody with really kind of, uh, who are struggling with active acne and oily skin. Um, definitely do patch test with all of these products when you're first introducing, because uh, when it comes to natural um, things like this, like aloe vera, there is not just one substance. There is thousands of different chemicals, like substances in it. And some people can have a reaction. To some of them so even if it's a supernatural amazing product you can still have a reaction to it so definitely make a patch test and if it's working um you know keep it up uh in addition or instead of fresh aloe vera if you can't get it i would get a nice niacinamide serum or make uh the the spray the toner with green tea extract and just mm -hmm. spray this so you see i'm not trying to kind of pile on too many moisturizers because the skin is already oily but i'm trying to provide some kind of hydration with an extra boost so whether it's uh, regenerative properties of aloe vera whether it's uh, niacinamide in a, like a nice serum or whether it's green 
green tea extract that is also very helpful for um, oily skin and acne. So it's like a hydration with, a, with an extra boost um, for acne. So, so yeah, I would, I would keep it this simple. Uh, and like just let the skin repair and heal like not do um anything much else if this sounds very different from somebody's routine like if so far you have been using extensive skincare with a lot of exfoliants a lot of scrubs um be um, be aware that your skin is used to it so you cannot just stop all this exfoliation because your skin's probably gonna get clogged up but i would gradually then reduce the frequency of how much you exfoliate and like try to switch the harsh exfoliants for gentler ones. Mm -hmm. So definitely do the gradual change um, when it comes to the exfoliation. But yeah, I would ultimately keep it kind of pretty simple and gentle and soothing. And your course, the skin rebalancing protocol helps you transition away from the maybe um, topical medications and harsh chemicals into more of this routine um, because you can't just transition overnight from um, it's same with diet as well you can't just transition from eating a standard american diet into eating everything organic and clean it's just not going to work you may actually experience symptoms so it is a transition that can be slow um, but going back to the not moisturizing if you've got oily skin sometimes if you feel like that's okay I've kind of heard that regardless of if your skin feels hydrated or not, you still need to moisturize. Is that a myth? Um, because they're saying that your skin creates more oil if you're not giving it moisture. So can you just clear that up? <laughs> I, I really love this question and I get it a lot. And I think the myth is coming from the fact that we believe we need to use a moisturizer to have moisturized skin. And this is where the confusion is coming from, I think, because I think we need to remember that our skin is capable of moisturizing itself. As I already explained, this is due to our skin natural sebum and skin barrier that locks the moisture in our skin. So it is water that makes our skin moisturize. Oils are there simply to lock in that moisture. So oils are usually blends of you know, oil and water because as I said, we need both of them to have moisturized skin. But uh, I would say our skin definitely needs to be moisturized, but this doesn't mean you need a moisturizer. I have met a lot of people, <laughs> sadly for me, especially when I was having acne, who had such naturally moisturized skin it was almost like moist to the touch so dewy and then when i asked like what skincare do you use and he's like skincare i'm not using any skin. like what is that and of course it would frustrate me like to no end but there is a lesson to learn in this and that is that our skin and let's remember this always like our skin is able to moisturize itself of course people who have genetically dry skin they are probably always going to need a moisturizer but if your skin is oily already uh, it can still be dehydrated. So this means it can still lack water. Okay. So in that case, I would say adding hydration is a good idea. Um, but the moisturizing picture can be completed with your skin's natural oils because as I said, they act as occlusives. So the job of a moisturizer is to bring some water and some oils to lock in that moisture. So for oily skin who already have the occlusive part, we can simply add lots of hydration 
Um, and then, you know, the skin's natural oils are going to act as occlusives. So I would say if your skin feels fine, not tight, not uncomfortable, when you're just adding kind of the hydration product without the actual occlusive or like, you know, moisturizer, you can definitely, this is enough for you. And I have even seen clients whose skin did so much better on this kind of skincare routine. Um, and who knows why? Maybe it's just because their skin is able to breathe more. Uh, maybe something was comedogenic in the moisturizer they were using. But a lot of the times I see that people actually improve their skin. Uh, with this. The other problem I have with moisturizers, um, and nowadays a better, like higher quality moisturizers are maybe not such a big problem, but a lot of the, you know, old school uh, conventional moisturizers contain heaps of emulsifiers. And this is a problem because these are molecules uh, essentially the same as surfactants found in cleansers. As you can recall, they are the ones able to disrupt our skin barrier. So for people who are kind of addicted to moisturizers, um, just quitting the moisturizer for literally two to three days and not applying anything can help them kind of get moisturized skin again. And I have seen this happen dozens of times so far. So the, the thing is that the skin needs break to kind of repair itself because you feel your skin is moisturized and everything's great the, the second you have applied the moisturizer, but then this, the, the emulsifiers in it are going to disrupt the skin barrier. So you're going to naturally lose more water from your skin. The water that you need to have naturally moisturized skin. So why do moisturizers contain emulsifiers? It is because they bind water and oil together. So they don't naturally mix, right? So the reason why moisturizer can have such smooth consistency that doesn't separate um, is due to emulsifiers. So it is not possible, you mm -hmm. know, to bind them together without some kind of emulsifier. Yeah, that's very, yeah, really well explained. And I think that's cleared up. <laughs> it's a bit complex question, but amazing question. I love this question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, I've noticed a, a big trend in like the natural wellness world um, over the past couple of months of maybe like a caveman regime or going completely without skincare for a couple of weeks. Um, would that be something that you'd promote? Um, not generally, no. So not because I think everybody needs skincare, but it's just because it's so individual. And I think if a person is saying, you know, this, everybody should try this. I cannot agree with this. No, because I have seen, I have seen how different people are when it comes to skincare. Some people simply require more skincare than others. And some people will get the impression, oh, but there is there something wrong with my skin? Is it, isn't it able to do all these processes itself? And I said, yes, ideally, yes, but we don't live in an ideal world. You have, you know, stress at your work, you live in a polluted city, we're not, you know, the, our food is not ideal. So all these things require kind of, we need extra help. So some people need it more than others. Um, as I said, like I've known people who need zero and have such a perfect skin. So for them, I would say, just keep it up. You do the caveman regime. Um, awesome. So for people who notice that as they simplify their skincare routine, you can kind of gradually maybe start gravitating toward um, caveman regimen or like at least modified one where you um, maybe use one product or like you don't cleanse your face, but maybe use something to hydrate your skin. So like some kind of modification of this. So it doesn't have to be like all or nothing. 
But I would say if you feel that simplifying your skincare routine is helping your skin, definitely continue that route. Don't feel like you're missing out. This is also something that I see with a lot of people. Like they feel, oh, what add, what else should I add to help my skin heal? And I was like, if a simple routine is working for you, this is amazing. It means your skin is able to repair itself and like to recover itself. So you don't need to complicate it. Um, keep it simple. You're not missing out. There is time for everything. So so yeah, Cayman regimen um, can maybe be taken partially like this. Um, yeah, not something not I can for not for everybody, yes. Okay. So uh, what, what, what I have to say what bothers me a bit is that sometimes I see people, something has worked for them and then they immediately assume it's going to work for everybody. And it, it kind of bothers me because you, you, you cannot assume this. So we are so unique and so individual. So people who are maybe like big influencers or like, you know, you see your favorite green beauty blogger, you know, promote things like this. And it's great that they work for them. It really is, but it means nothing for you. Literally nothing. Like it does not guarantee anything. So, so yeah, I, I, I have worked with too many people to, to kind of give general recommendations as you can understand yourself. So people who can say this is going to work for everybody have not worked with real people and like have not yeah. like, how individual we really are yeah and i trust your advice any day over any of those maybe influencers or people who are just promoting things because it's work for themselves or because they're promoting a certain product you've got the experience personally and from hundreds or if not thousands of clients that you've worked with so yeah i'm <laughs> i'm sticking with you on this one thank you so much <laughs> No, it's like at this point, I really had a lot of experience with, with, with real people and I see how some of them, they have such different skin from mine. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just like, um, I started out, you know, recommending really simple natural skincare and like oil cleansing. And then I said early on, it doesn't work for everybody. And I even put it like in bold. And sometimes I will have people say, oh, Sarah, it's not work for me. Like, should I wait it out? I was like, no, no person, no waiting it out. It just doesn't work for you. You know, it worked for me, but something else will work for you we'll find what it is but yeah definitely um and yeah I, I i'm really about just educating people on skin health and teaching them how to recognize what their skin needs instead of recommending like a rigid skincare routine for everybody like I, i'm really not a fan of this um so i really um one of my least favorite questions is when people who i have know nothing about nothing about their skin can you recommend me a good moisturizer for like oily skin and mm -hmm. i'm like i can't <laughs> like, <laughs> all right now <laughs> strategy i really can't because i need to know so much more about your skin <laughs> yeah it's the same with me they're like what supplement's good for acne i'm like i need to know your family history i need to know what's going on with your gut i need to know what medications you're on <laughs> then come back to me really there is no, you know, no. <laughs> exactly and just shifting gears a little bit but still on the skincare subject what are your thoughts on skin mapping so the facial mapping in like chinese medicine are you into that does it does it make sense for you um i would say i, I mean i i don't know how accurate it is but what i can tell you that I, what i've seen from um, the clients I have so far is that the chin acne is really often kind of uh, correlated with hormonal imbalances. And when it, it is women, it is usually some kind of um, 
progesterone deficiency situation. So it can be different causes, whether it's really kind of a, a load of xenoestrogens or they are not ovulating or like other kinds of things that can lead to kind of imbalance in estrogen and progesterone comes out on the chin area. I find a lot of digestive um, issues um, come out on the cheeks, like gut health kind of would often go here. So when people cut out foods that they are sensitive to, like the cheeks would kind of recover or when they found how much carbs they tolerate. So when they kind of stop eating so many carbs, healthy or not, their cheeks would like the inflammation would go down immediately. I find that people who had maybe SIBO or like some also other type of gut issues also had kind of like small bumps on the forehead. So these are kind of like three types of what I found most common. So I, it's definitely some kind of face mapping. I'm not sure if it's totally in accordance with a Chinese face mapping, but yeah, this is definitely a trend. And oftentimes just by looking at somebody's skin, I can kind of, even before seeing what they're eating, like I can kind of guess where the issue is, is lying just, just based on this. Mm-hmm. And I've so seen similar, to it. Yeah, similar patterns to you, like the forehead, um, digestion or bacterial problems, the cheeks, yeah, definitely inflammation, food, in, food sensitivities, allergies, and like inflammation in internal organs, whether that's your liver or your gut, and then definitely the chin, jaw, jawline being hormonal, excess androgens, um, yeah. not enough progesterone, like you mentioned. Yeah, I definitely found that. Yeah. And I usually kind of wrap the interview up with. Um, a few questions to get to know you a little bit better and I'm gonna kind of switch them to a more skincare focused one while it's you and so I usually ask people what their morning routine is but I want to know your morning skincare routine okay Um, so in the morning um, it's really super simple now so I don't cleanse my face in the morning I don't do that and I Right now, I only apply my fresh aloe vera uh, from the leaf on my face. And after that, I just apply a sunscreen. So I have actually two that are kind of non-toxic natural. And they are so moisturizing that I find I don't need a moisturizer like underneath. So basically, I just have this like hydration. Um, I let it absorb for a bit and then apply on slightly damp skin um, these two sunscreens. So uh, one is really rich in shea butter. Uh, it's by Odilique and it's really, really moisturizing. I love shea butter for dry skin. It's so, so nice, um, especially during the winter time. It's such a nice occlusive. Uh, softening the skin is just amazing. So this one I really love for the winter time. Uh, another one is a bit tinted. So I also uh, I love it for like, maybe I need, you know, go somewhere. So this is basically my morning routine. So I don't, sometimes I'm going to even skip everything uh, because I just, I'm running around, I forget things. And actually I'm kind of happy with the fact that I can just completely forget about my skin because I remember how before I would just wake up and first thing I do, you know, go to the mirror and like look at my face. Like now I just don't care. So I really, I really, yeah. So this is really super simple. And then in the evening, I, uh, I love to oil cleanse and I have, um, argan oil, which is something actually that I also don't generally recommend because it's such, it's so hard to recommend a good brand. Like I found one here locally and a lot of the argan oil, especially like those that are on the cheaper side are rancid. Um, so I, if you, if it's smelling bad, 
don't use it like it should it should be you know cold pressed organic and not smell bad um so i also i generally kind of recommend jojoba oil is amazing for most skin types if your skin is oily hemp seed or grape seed is really great so i love to do oil cleansing and then i love to uh so i alternate between uh vitamin c serum after that and my vitamin a serum by mad hippie so right now i'm using vitamin c serum by 100 percent pure and it's a really nice one i would say the strength is somewhere around the vitamin c serum from mad hippie which i loved in the past and it's like a nice gentle one to start with with vitamin c serums so i use them on alternate nights and i think this this really works great so they shouldn't be used together and then after that i love to apply my face oil which is by uh, Lena Wild. It's called Harmony Bloom Oil. Uh, she's also based in the UK. And it's such a wonderful blend of oils that are um, good for acne prone skin, um, you know, such as sea buckthorn oil, uh, like the jojoba. Um, so it's a really, really amazing oil. And then maybe once a week, I will do her clay mask, which is like a blend of clays, but also has uh, matcha, which is a great, you know, has uh, this potent substance um, as the same as a green tea extract mm -hmm. uh, for acne with uh, lots of, you know, camu camu powder, which is vitamin C. So it's very brightening. I like to do this as a clay mask once per week after my oil cleansing. And then I just simply continue with the same routine. So, so yeah, this is, this is like all there is to it. This really works uh, well for me. And yeah, again, I always say like, if this sounds very different from your skincare routine, you need to kind of build yourself up and like see where you lay. Maybe you need more exfoliation. Maybe you need less. Maybe you need some other ingredients. So I don't use, um, sometimes I will use uh, Manuka honey. I'm out of it right now after my oil cleansing. But again, I just simplify it as much as I can. And like, while still kind of maintaining results. So it works for me. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously very simple, but obviously effective. Yes. <laughs> Looking at you, it's very effective. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is actually what I love uh, feedback from the students that they tell me once they establish a routine that works, they're like, I, I kind of lose this constant urge to buy new skincare products. And I li really love hearing this because when you don't know what to search for, like you're constantly tempted to buy more. Oh, maybe this is going to work. Maybe this is going to work. And then when they finally learn, okay, this is my routine. This is all I need. I'm not missing out or anything else you actually have a really effective routine for much less money <laughs> that you've been using yeah. up to this point. So, so yeah, um, knowledge, knowledge is really powerful. Knowledge is very powerful. Totally agree with that. I'm going to ask you one skincare product that you can't live without and one either food, nutrient or supplement you can't live without. Mm, I, uh, maybe I can answer food it's really hard with food but i really am obsessed with raw carrots because <laughs> <laughs> i really think they help they help my skin and the the root vegetables here in norway are so sweet like i have never eaten um i don't know what it is here but they're so sweet like i love the beets and like all the root vegetables um that are grown here locally they're so sweet like literally my son and i would snack on carrots every single day before uh, dinner and then i was like okay would you want something like ella no no i want carrot you know? <laughs> so i'm totally obsessed with carrots um but I, yeah i love you know kind of all whole foods that i can find locally 
especially a local, so, you know, not uh, food that need to be <laughs> shipped from China or something. Yeah. Um, uh, for the supplement, I, I really love uh, taking uh, magnesium. I think it really helps uh, my sleep and just everything, my skin and the mood. Uh, so this is one that I take consistently really ever. I would have to say also omega-3. I've been a bit inconsistent with it now, but it has been one supplement that has also changed my skin yeah. because I was seriously lacking in omega-3s and having a good omega-3 supplement really helped me reduce the inflammation. Like I could see it like visibly going mm -hmm. down a few weeks of um, being consistent with this and eating you know lots of you know um oily fish um, yeah. um when it comes to skincare um i could really live without anything my skin now is not gonna freak out if i don't do anything so i would then have to say probably oil cleansing because mm -hmm. if i'm traveling oftentimes if i'm going for a weekend this will be only thing i pack mm -hmm. So basically it's, it's enough for me to remove makeup. It's enough to gently cleanse. And then I don't need to really moisturize after because my skin is already feeling nice and it kind of, I'm giving it kind of this reset. So I'm not applying anything after I'm just like oil cleansing and then giving it a break from all the other products. So, so yeah, this is what I do. Let's say if I am traveling somewhere for two, three days, like I'm not gonna pack all these skincare products. I'm just going to pack the oil cleansing stuff. So I do use just this argan oil and then I need to have a really soft washcloth. So a lot of the people always make my clients show me the washcloth they are using for their face. Sometimes <laughs> it does not pass my scrutiny. <laughs> so so like scrubbing the face. And yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, so it has to be really super soft. And then I like to, uh, I just link them. There is a, a few ones on Etsy and you can find them in zero waste shops uh, nowadays. And you will, you will see it's, it's like a small square, a soft cotton washcloth. I'm not even sure it's like made to be for face, but maybe just for babies or something, yeah. but it's super soft and the texture stays soft. For a long time. I've been, I have mine for two years now. It's like equally soft, which is something that, um, it's not so good with microfiber ones because the texture goes rough after a while. Right. With these soft cotton ones, they really stay soft. So you can have one, you know, for, probably for a lifetime. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I'll have to invest in some of those, definitely. Mm. I can I can link you just so you can yeah. see. You can have a picture when you go. Yeah. <laughs> because I think you can just walk into Zero Waste Shop and then uh, and get one there. Mm, pretty cool. sure. Yeah. Kind of as a summary of the whole episode and kind of your takeaway piece of advice for people struggling with their skin at the moment, what would that be? I would say it is to put the skin health first. So I know this is sounds like a very general advice, but if you ask yourself, uh, what does my skin need right now? Not, you know, how I'm going to reduce this breakout, how am I going to fix this and that when it comes to the appearance? Ask yourself, is my skin feeling tight? Is my skin feeling dehydrated? Is my skin feeling inflamed, sensitive? Um, what can I do to soothe it? How can I improve my skin health right now? I think this is really, a lot of us will intuitively know which route to go just to prioritize this question. And remember, your skin is not your enemy, although I know it's can feel like that often and for me it felt like many years you know my skin was sabotaging me <laughs> um but really um the skin you need to kind of befriend your skin so think of you know what's what's going to be best to improve your skin health 
this is also something I teach inside the protocol. So when designing your skincare routine um, and how to kind of evolve your skincare, you need to fix your skin health first, and then we can maybe go with some more powerful ingredients to also kind of improve the appearance. But in great majority of cases, already fixing the skin health, um, or this can mean you know going caveman for some people because it lets the skin recover, or at least going with a simple and soothing skincare can already massively improve the acne just because it lets the skin do the repairing. So okay. this is one piece of advice I would definitely, I would like to give myself, you know, my eight-year-old um, <laughs> self. You know, yeah, or, yeah that's such great advice. Will you let everyone know where they can find you online? You, you're a blog poster, absolutely amazing. You're a fantastic writer. And <laughs> also about your... <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, it's a lot. Like, oh my God. It was, even my husband actually said to me, you writing has become good now. I was like, yes. thank you. For three years, like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, I'm like obsessed. I go through binges of just going through all of your blog posts and reading them. Uh, so can you let everyone know where they can find you online, on Instagram, and also about your both free and full online course and what they entail? Thank you so much. So I'm Healthy Skin Glows. Um, so it's like uh, www.healthyskinglows.com and my handle on Instagram is Healthy Skin Glows. Um, and yeah, on Facebook, I'm also Healthy Skin Glows. So you can find me there. Um, when it comes to my free courses, so I have both online courses that are hosted at Teachable, which have like a video um, and audio lessons that you can download. So the free one will kind of help you really take a fresh new look at your skincare, evaluate your skincare. It's going to walk you through how to pick a gentle cleanser because this is, as I said, like the staple of most of our you know, skincare routine. Um, then it also has the recipe uh, for uh, easy green tea um, toner, which can be really, really amazing for um, especially oily acne prone skin. Um, so this is inside the free one. It also teaches you the basics of healthy skin uh, that we mentioned, you know, skin barrier, acid mental, and uh, the skin microbiome, as well as how some of the conventional skincare products are negatively affecting this, what I call healthy trio. So this, a lot of times people kind of get really a fresh new look at their skincare and then realize what products are actually not fit for their skin. So I really recommend starting with this one. Uh, uh, something similar is also in my email, free email course um, that you can sign up on my website. So I just kind of like transform it and gave a bit more info in the online course that is on Teachable. Then I have another free email course, which is three, uh, three day email course uh, when it comes to eating healthy for healthy and clear skin. So this is just outlining kind of the basics, um, the foundation basically. So you know the cutting of the, these damaging vegetable oils the processed uh, sugar making sure to you know eat enough healthy fats and protein with each meal to keep satisfied and so these kind of simple tips but they can be actually really powerful and then finally my paid online course is this really in-depth step-by-step how to go from damaging skincare um, using uh, a lot of uh, topicals for acne and how to quit them safely so how to eliminate everything that is not serving your skin and for some of the products they can be immediately uh, eliminated immediately for some we need to cut them out gradually and then i walk you through exactly how to do this so the course uh, has three phases which is eliminate balance and enrich 
And this is something I've seen in a lot of my clients and why I created the three phases because I see that people actually go through these three phases with their skincare. So once they have eliminated all the damaging stuff, then comes the balance phase where I teach how to, you know, optimize the moisturizing, exfoliating, cleansing routine, um, everything that kind of is going to bring the skin back to its balance when it's like really healthy. So you may still be suffering maybe with some breakouts, uh, whatever other skin issues like acne scars. So this phase is just focusing on skin health. And then the skin is kind of getting ready for maybe more powerful ingredients that can make the biggest change um, in acne, in scar, in like acne scars, like hyperpigmentation and like all these kind of appearance issues as I call them. So definitely, you know, doing these ingredients that belong in the final phase while you're still in the eliminate phase is not going to be helpful at all. So that's why I kind of created this step-by-step protocol um, to, to help people evolve their skincare so that they can really harness the full power of good skincare. And I've mm. been through the course myself, so I can definitely vouch that it's amazing. I learned so much about skin health I, that I never knew anything about. Sarah was kind enough to give you guys listening a 10% discount code um, so you can use the code Vivian10 and that'll get you 10% off the full paid course um, and it's definitely worthwhile, um, believe me. And yeah, I'm going to link the, I'll link that code in the show notes along with everything from Sarah's website and her courses. Definitely feel like everyone's going to be heading over to your Instagram, asking you a ton of questions. <laughs> but remember guys, you can't be too specific about certain things. Make sure you read all of the blog posts first and then ask her um, if there's anything further after that. Sarah, I could talk to you for three more hours. <laughs> I've got a list of questions here, but I don't want to keep you too much longer because I know how busy you are. I just want to thank you so much for your time and we're definitely going to collaborate again soon um, with your blog posts and some Instagram lives. Thanks so much for your time and you're a wealth of knowledge and thank you so much for being on. Thank you, thank you so much. I want to add one last thing that I do help the students of my skin balancing protocol. So when they go through the course and understand, kind of, okay, I need to do this and this, and then whenever they are in doubt, they just send me over the skincare team, and then I can help them out, uh, or even hop on a short 15-minute uh, chat or anything. So I'm really there for my students, and sometimes they're shocked, like, you really want to help? I'm like, yeah, I really want to help. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for spreading the, the good word. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Amazing. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Hormones in Harmony podcast. If you like this episode, please leave me a rating and review as this helps to spread the word to other women dealing with hormone imbalances. As a massive thank you gift, I'll send you a free guide, Six Steps to Hormonal Harmony. All you need to do is screenshot your rating and review, then email it to me at hormonesinharmony@gmail.com, and I'll send you the link to download this free guide. If you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk and Instagram page at vivanaturalhealth for tons more free content and inspiration. You can also schedule a free 30-minute hormone troubleshooting call to find out the next steps to take in order to overcome your symptoms naturally. See you back here next week for another episode.